Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. Well, again, thank you. Uh, Glad to have you guys here today. Downstairs, the kiddos are doing some awesome pajama party movie watching stuff, so that's lots of fun. Glad you guys online are able to join us. So next, uh, next Saturday is our Christmas Eve service. I- even if it's 40 below and the snow is blowing, we're going to be here. So come on out. We're Northern Albertaners. We can make it happen. So come on out and join us for that. It's going to be lots of fun. Well, today's a good day. We're going to do something a little different um, at the beginning of our, of our sermon here. So my name is Greg Clark. For anybody who's tuning in or joining us today that doesn't know who I am, I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, and we're going to do something a little different to start our sermon off today. Um, have you ever heard of the passing of the peace? If you've ever been a part of a more liturgical church, you've probably done this before. We don't usually do this at Beaver Lodge Alliance, but in many uh, Christian traditions, they do this quite a bit. Um, some of them do it every single Sunday. And what it is, is you actually just get up and you turn around to the people around you and you shake their hand and greet them. But you greet them by saying, peace be with you. And the response is, and also to you. Okay, so it's a tradition that goes back uh, to even before Jesus' time. They were often passing the peace in, in Jewish traditions as well. But it really found its fulfillment in Jesus You find it in the Gospels, you find it all over the New Testament in the epistles, Uh, and so we're going to do that today. We're going to do the passing of the peace. So what you're going to do, again, if you're unfamiliar with this, you're going to move around, you're going to shake hands with people, and you're going to say, peace be with you and also with you, okay? Now, if you, okay, I know that, you know, we kind of are coming out of COVID and there's a lot of stuff going around, so if you're like, I can't shake somebody's hand yet, then just say, peace be with you, just like that. Right? And if you're seeing somebody with their hands down and they're not putting their hand out, don't be like, shake my hand, okay? Don't make somebody shake your hand, okay? Don't make somebody give you a hug. But if they kind of go for the hug or they go for the handshake and you're good with it, then go for it. If you're not, just kind of like do one of those back away things. It'll be great, okay? It'll be awesome. All right. So peace be with you and also with you. So up on your feet, move around. You got about two minutes to pass the peace. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Oh, I'm still on. Peace be with you. All right, so start making your way back towards your seat. 
head back towards your seat if you can. Those of you that are at home, you're missing out on all this stuff, but hopefully there's someone next to you. Just turn to the person next to you and say, peace be with you and also with you. It's good. If you're at home, this is, we haven't said this for a little while now. If you're at home and you're doing dishes or folding laundry or something like that, I love multitasking. It's fantastic. But I'd ask you, would you just stop for a moment and just settle up wherever you're at in front of the screen that you're watching on and just settle in to hear what God would have to speak to you today. So if you're at home, put the dishes away, let the kids run, they're fine, and just settle down and listen to what God's going to speak today. Well, I've been watching uh, this amazing uh, show uh, over the last couple of years. My whole family's been watching it. It's, it's called The Chosen. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it or not yet. So we're getting some clapping. There we go. But it's a, it's a TV series um, that's told a little, it's about Jesus, but it's told a little bit differently. It actually follows the disciples. It tells the stories a little more of the disciples, the chosen. And, uh, and while it's true to Scripture and while it's true to history, it uses some fictional storytelling to kind of tell the in-between gap spaces. Like we, we know a little bit about Peter, we know a little bit about Matthew, we know a little bit about these disciples, but we don't know a ton about them. Scripture and history doesn't tell us a ton about them. So it, it uses some fictional storytelling to fill in the in-between spaces about these disciples. And it's fantastic. It's really, really good. The Chosen is starting up season three right now. They just came out with season three. Um, episode two comes out today at five o'clock. So we're, my family's going to be gathered around watching the episode uh, this evening. It's really quite good. If you have a chance, if you haven't yet watched The Chosen, check it out. If you've got some extra time during Christmas time to watch this, catch up on season one and two, do it because it is really quite good. Just be aware that at, the same with the Bible, um, the, the chosen tells some fairly adult-oriented stories, as the Bible does. I remember when we read through the whole Bible uh, a few years ago as a church family, my daughter Abby read through the Bible with us, and I think she was like 13 when we did it, and I was like, mm, she's going to read some pretty adult-oriented stuff, but we had some really great conversations around it. But anyhow, the, the chosen also has some of this stuff in it that may... You may want to be aware. All of my family has watched it, but you may want to be aware uh, when you have little kids watching with you. The reason I bring up The Chosen is because as I was watching it recently, especially these last uh, two episodes, I noticed how the characters greeted each other. Every time they said hello or goodbye, every time they connected, instead of saying like hi, they said shalom. Shalom. They'd come into gathering together and they'd all say shalom. And as they left, they'd all say shalom. Now, it's a common Middle Eastern greeting, shalom. It means peace, but it means so much more than what we normally think of as peace. When a Jewish person or a Middle Easterner says shalom, they're saying, be whole, be healthy, be well, be prosperous, be content, be free, be restored, be all that you were meant to be, be in alignment with who your God has created you to be. This is our fourth Sunday of Advent. Today is the Advent of Peace. If you're new to this Advent thing, the word Advent means arrival. 
Uh, For us in the church, this celebration of Advent is this celebration of the arrival of Jesus Christ. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And we celebrate four Sundays in a row approaching Christmas by celebrating what Jesus brought into the world. He brought into the world hope and love and joy and peace. We celebrate each Sunday by lighting a, a new candle to represent these four themes. And then on the fifth Sunday, or the fifth day of Advent, which we will celebrate this coming Saturday, we will light the Jesus candle, the fifth candle, the one that's right in the middle. Because it's Jesus who has brought us hope, love, joy, and peace, and so much more. Today, specifically, we focus in on peace. Like I said earlier, the the peace that we're talking about today is not your everyday normal type of peace. We normally define peace as the absence of strife or uh, the the absence of conflict or, or maybe an absence of sadness or an absence of difficulties. But that's not the fullest sense of biblical peace. As you talk about peace today, I want you to think of peace as something a little bit different. I want you to think of peace as wholeness and completeness. If something is broken, peace brings restoration back to wholeness and completeness. If something is lacking, peace brings what is needed to bring that thing back into wholeness and completeness. Health where there is sickness light where there is darkness, stability where there is shakiness, wherever things are out of alignment, peace brings everything back into alignment. Peace is about wholeness and completeness. When we look around the world today, we notice quickly that things are out of whack in our world. Peace is is about bringing things back into whack. If they're out of whack, that's bad. So in whack is great. So we want to be back in whack. Back in whack. Back as it should be. And how does peace do this? Well, I want to give you four ways that peace brings everything back into right alignment. I want to tell you what these four things are first, and then I'm going to expand on them a little bit. So the four ways that peace brings things back into whack is that peace pays. Peace pays. Peace is proactive. Peace is powerful. And peace is presence. And yes, I did the thing that the old preachers do, right? I got all the four Ps. We don't often do that, but I've got four Ps of peace for you today. And I thought that was really fun. So four Ps of peace. And the first P of peace is that peace pays. It's common to hear the word shalom in a Jewish restaurant or shop. Now, we already talked about how shalom is a common greeting and a a common farewell. But in addition to this, the word shalom is used when you're settling up a bill. It's used like this. You'd walk into the shop, you would get what you wanted, or you'd eat your meal, and then you would go to pay the bill. You'd put your money down on the table, you'd give your money to the proprietor, and you would say, shalom? And if the money matched the bill and you were good to go, they would say, shalom. The bill has been paid. We are at peace with one another. Everything has been settled. Peace pays. This is is the word that's commonly used to settle up a transaction. Peace is transactional. 
Peace is what happens when the cost is covered. In Isaiah 53, we read that the, a prophecy about Jesus. Now, this prophecy was written many years before Jesus came on the scene. So it doesn't use the name Jesus, but it's talking about somebody who's going to come, a Messiah who's going to come, who's going to do something spectacular. Here's what Isaiah prophesies about this Messiah that's going to come, who we know is Jesus. Surely he, this is Jesus, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. I want you to think about shalom in this. We are the transgressors. We are the ones who deserve punishment. We're the ones who have done something wrong here, but Jesus is the one who's paid the price for us. We got peace. Jesus got punishment. Our bill was paid in full by Jesus' sacrifice. Shalom happened. It's as if the bill came due. God the Father came looking for the bill to be paid. And he stands before us. And he puts the bill out there and we go, we've got nothing to pay the bill with. But Jesus comes forward with his sacrifice and he says, shalom to the Father. And the Father looks at our bill and the Father looks at Jesus' sacrifice and he says, shalom. It's settled. It's done. Peace pays. The second P is that peace is proactive. We sometimes think about peace as being chill or, or laid back, right? Oh, peace, man. And everybody's kind of like nice and calm and cool. Or we think of peace as being a response only to an outward stimuli. Something bad happens against us and we just kind of like have peace. It's kind of reactive. Someone does something terrible and we're just like, hey, we're cool. We're fine. And that's sometimes how it looks to the outside. That's sometimes what it appears to people who are watching. But let me tell you, when you see peace like this. When you see peace come out of a person at their most difficult circumstances, most likely the peace was already there brewing in that person to begin with. See, peace is there first. Peace is ready to take action. Peace is looking for an opportunity to act out. Peace is proactive. When Jesus came for us, he didn't just come willy-nilly, at happenstance into the world, kind of like fell out of heaven into the world, just kind of go, oh, well, I guess I'm here anyways. I might as well do something. His arrival wasn't by accident or reactive. Jesus' appearance was proactive. His birth at Christmas was laser-focused on his sacrifice that we will celebrate in a few months at Easter. When you think of Christmas, you have to think of Easter because Jesus was focused Laser focused on what was going to be accomplished by his arrival. His arrival was focused on his departure. His arrival was focused on Easter. He had proactive, purposeful focus on peace. Look at this passage from Romans. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. It's a famous passage. You might recognize it. Here's what Paul says. You see, at just the right time, When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is not reactive. Jesus didn't wait until we were calling upon his name to show up. He didn't wait until our garbage was all fixed and cleaned up before he saved us. He didn't reactively respond only when we cried out. Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. Before we called upon his name, God shows up proactively to give us peace. Now, we have to receive it, of course. I'm not saying that everybody in the world, even if they don't think about Jesus, is saved. We have to receive the gift of God. It's like an unopened present on Christmas. If it stays under the tree, it does us no good. We have to open the present of Jesus. But Jesus didn't wait for us. He came to us. And Jesus actually calls us to do this as well. This is an amazing thing. See, Jesus showed up in our darkest spaces when we weren't even thinking of him. And Jesus calls us to do the exact same thing. Look at here in James. James chapter 2, verses 15 to 16. James is a really good book. If you ever want to read a book that you're like, afterwards you won't have any warm feelings, but afterwards you're going to be like, I need to do something, James is a good book. Because James is this proactive book that says, get off your butt and get something done. Okay, so James chapter 2, here's what James says. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? See, this isn't saying that somebody has come to you to say, can you help me? This just says, suppose there's somebody around you that has no food and no clothes, and if you just kind of like go, hey, go in peace, and then you go about doing your own thing, You've done nothing. You've done nothing. That's not what peace is. Peace isn't standing back and saying, hey, keep warm and well-fed. See you later. That's not what peace is. Peace is proactive. Peace is, is go in peace, have a turkey and a blanket. Here, come get warm in my truck. Here, let me come help with your children. Peace is looking for somewhere it can be useful. Peace is proactively looking for ways to intersect need. Peace is always on the lookout. Peace is looking for ways the kingdom of God can break through in the regular world. Peace is ready for action. Peace is proactive. The third P is that peace is powerful. You don't have to read the Bible for very long to see that God's kind of peace is powerful. Now, I want to show you. Philippians chapter 4. Here's what Paul says again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says don't be anxious about anything. Why? Because when you give it to Jesus, the peace that is greater than all understanding comes. The peace that makes every anxious thought disappear shows up. Have you ever been anxious? I'm not going to make you put your hand up, but I've been anxious. I've been anxious. And it seems like in the last couple of years, I've been more anxious than I've ever been before. Anxiety is on the rise in our culture today. Anxiety is one of the number one problems in our society right now. Jesus wants you to have his powerful peace that is greater than all of our understanding. 
the peace that stamps out anxious thoughts. Jesus' peace is powerful. I want to show you another thing about this peace, this powerful peace, because this is super fun and exciting. I just learned this. It's really, really fun. Okay? I want to show you something here. The word shalom is a Hebrew word. You guys know that. I've been talking about that the whole time. The Hebrew language is a pictographic language. Did you know that? It's, it's kind of like um, Egyptian hieroglyphics. You know how the Egyptian um, words are like pictures, right? And that's how the Hebrew language is. It's like all these little pictures that get put together that make words. It's, it's like the emojis of the old world. It's really fun. The Hebrew word shalom looks like this. It's up on the screen right now, I think. There we go. Look at that. Isn't that fun? So, I mean, the, underneath is the English one. The shalom is the one on top, right? That's the Hebrew word shalom. And it's a pictographic word for peace. It's for pictures. All those letters are four pictures, which together mean the word peace. And reading from right to left, here's what the letters are. Shin, the first letter, is the, it's a picture of teeth, which signifies chomping or destroying. Okay, so whenever they would use that word, it's talking about destroying something. The second word, lamed, is the shepherd's staff, which I find is so wonderful. It's so wonderful. The shepherd's staff, it signifies authority. The next one is vav, which is an iron nail, which signifies connecting things together or attaching things. And the last word is mem, which is the word for water, but, but kind of this turbulent type of flood water a little bit, uh, which signifies chaos. The he, when you put all this together, the Hebrew word shalom gives us a picture here in four pictures. Here's what the word shalom means when you put these pictures together. Shalom, or peace, is the power that destroys the authority that attaches us to chaos. Look at that for a second, okay? Peace is the power that destroys the authority that attaches us to chaos. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Do you remember what we talked about earlier? Shalom makes everything right. It takes the chaotic stuff and it turns it unchaotic. It, it takes the, the stuff that, that traps us, destroys us, kills us, and it brings it to life. It changes everything in this world and lines it back up to the way it was supposed to be. Everything crooked made straight. Everything that is unrestored, restored. Contentment, wholeness, health, and well-being. Peace is the power that destroys the authority that attaches us to chaos. It's Jesus' peace. It's his sacrifice that makes this possible. Peace is powerful. And for the last P, peace is presence. Peace is presence. Have you watched the movie Toy Story? Likely. Or you've heard of it, at least. It's about a bunch of toys that come to life and they go and have these grand adventures. In the movie, the toys all belong to a kid named Andy. And the toys have Andy's name written on the bottom of their, their shoes. Like right there, it just says Andy on them. It's actually a, a major plot point for all the movies. I, I think there's like 38 Toy Story movies now or something crazy like that. Anyways, it's a major plot point for all the movies. The toys know their owner. They know they belong to Andy. And they derive their lives, their purpose, their identity from belonging to Andy. 
Andy's name is literally written on their souls. <laughs> right? The soles of their feet, right? Not like, you know, they don't have souls. Whatever, I don't Their whole being comes from the presence of Andy in their lives. I've talked a little bit over the last month or so about a, a, a fabulous passage of Scripture. It's in Numbers chapter 6, this, this passage. When, you, when we read the Bible, we usually go, um, let's read Genesis and Exodus, skip those other books, because like they're really old and boring and they're really long and they just talk about a lot of different stuff. But the book of Numbers, while it talks a lot about numbers, it has this fantastic passage in it. So if nothing else, read this one passage at least. But here in the book of Numbers, here's God, God is setting up the way that his people are supposed to live. And he's talking to, the, in this passage, he's talking to the priests. And he says to the priests, I want you to bless the people. Here's how you're supposed to do it. And then he says this. Say to the people, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. It's a good blessing, right? We're going to sing it actually at the end of the service. It's really good. But I don't want you to miss the next verse. Because the next verse brings it all into context. And it's the most important thing about all of the Old Testament, about all the people of Israel, about all of us. Here's the most important thing. Here's what God says in Numbers 6, 27. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. God puts his name on the Israelites. He writes it on their souls. These people belong to me. Everything is because of my presence. Everything about them is because of my presence. There's this moment, and if you don't know this story of the Israelites, in, in Exodus, God takes the Israelites from Egypt as slaves takes them through the desert to the promised land to, to take them from being slaves to being children. And God moves them through this space. And in the middle of the, uh, in the, middle of the desert, the, the people are terrible. Like, they're just horrible. They can't get the slave mentality out of their head. And so they keep going against God. God says, hey, here's some simple rules for you. And they're like, oh, we don't want to follow any rules. We'd rather be slaves. Doesn't make any sense in the world, but this is what they do. And they keep going against God. And finally, they're like, we want to go back to Egypt. We want to go, we want to do our own thing. We don't want God. And so Moses goes to talk to God. And as Moses is talking to God, um, he, God says, let him go. I, let him, I'll, I'll, I'll raise up another nation. Let, let the Israelites go. Let them go. They can leave. I'm not going to go with them. I won't destroy them, but I'm not going with them. Let them go. And Moses breaks down. He says, God, if you don't go with us, if your presence isn't with us, we are nothing. We're nothing. You have to go with us. Remember your promise, God. And it's this funny thing, because God hasn't forgotten his promise to be with Israel, but God needed to show something to Moses. My promises are true, and without me you can do nothing. 
Moses says, God, you have to go with us. And so God says, okay, I'll go with you. But Moses contends for the presence of God because without the presence, the Israelites are nothing. And without God's presence, we are nothing. We're nothing. God has written his name inside of us. We are his people. We belong to him. Without him, we're nothing. We're nothing. We can't know peace. We can't know the presence. We can't know hope and love and joy and all this stuff without him. We can't know it without the presence of Jesus. Well, you might be asking yourself, what's so special about Jesus when it comes to peace? Well, look at what Isaiah says. Isaiah has this famous Christmas passage in chapter 9 of Isaiah. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Paul later on in 2 Thessalonians says this. He says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with all of you. He's the Prince of Peace. And he's the Lord of peace. And then in Ephesians, Paul writes this. He says, For Christ himself is our peace. Not only is he the Prince of Peace, not only is he the Lord of peace, but he is peace. He is peace. You can't have peace without him because he is peace. How can you have something without it? You can't. He is peace. Prince of peace, Lord of peace, he is peace. We can't have peace unless we have the presence of Jesus. Peace is presence. So peace pays. Jesus paid it all. Peace is proactive. Jesus came for us before we even recognized our need for him. Peace is powerful. Jesus' powerful peace, sacrificial peace, destroys the authority that attaches us to chaos. And peace is presence. It's the presence of Jesus. We come together today to celebrate the advent of peace, the arrival of peace, Jesus. So much at Christmas time can be hectic and cause anxiety and bring difficulty and hardship. For many in our world, Christmas accentuates loneliness. It reminds people of brokenness. These are some of the most difficult days for many people in our culture. The enemy loves to steal, kill, and destroy, especially at Christmas. But Christ has come to bring us peace. The peace that pays, the peace that is proactive, is powerful, and the peace that is his presence. Do you know Jesus today? Do you know Jesus today? I'm not asking if you know about him. I think everybody, everybody, especially in North America, can say, I, I know about Jesus. They may not know, know much about Jesus, but they know about Jesus. But do you know him? Like I talked about earlier, just Jesus came before we even knew that we needed him to give us the gift of peace with God. Jesus' death on the cross was for us so that we could have peace. But it's like a gift wrapped and sitting under the Christmas tree. 
that if we never take it and open it up, it does us no good. We have to accept the gift that Jesus has for us. We have to turn away from trying to find peace in all the wrong places and turn to Jesus and accept his gift of peace. Do you know Jesus today? Now, if you don't know if you know him, it's possible you're sitting there thinking, I'm not sure if I know Jesus. I think I know him, but I'm not sure. If you don't know that you know him, you can start that relationship today by asking him to come into your heart and to live with you today. There's lots of different prayers you can pray to enter into a relationship with Jesus. And one of them is just to say to Jesus, I turn away from finding peace in all the wrong places. And I turn to you, Jesus. Thank you for sacrificing yourself for me. Would you come into my life now and bring me peace? If you don't know that you know him, you can pray that prayer. And then you will know for sure that you know him. And now that you know him, start talking to him every day. He loves to talk to you. He loves to, to, to listen to you. So start talking to Jesus every day. Start learning about Jesus by listening to him and, and by reading about him in the Bible and by connecting with other people who know Jesus too. If you know Jesus, are you experiencing his peace? If you know him, are you experiencing his peace? If there's any part of what we talked about today that you feel like you're lacking... You can ask Jesus to bring those things into your life. Do you need to know that your past failings and wrongdoings are paid for? Peace pays. Jesus has paid for all the wrong stuff. You don't need to continue living with the guilt of what has happened in your past. You can just bring that to him. He pays for that. It's paid for. It's done. Bring it to Jesus so that he can take that away. Do you need to know today that Jesus is here for you right now? Peace is proactive. Before you know you have a need, Jesus shows up. He's well aware of it. And Jesus is already here in the middle of the need. Do you need to know that peace today is proactive? Do you need to know that the peace that is powerful? Do you have some anxiousness today that Jesus needs to take care of? Bring your cares to Jesus and lean into the presence that surpasses all understanding. Jesus' peace destroys the authority that attaches you to chaos. Are you stuck in something? Are you feeling bound and tied up from something in your life? Peace destroys the authority that attaches you to chaos. Do you need to know the peace that is powerful? Do you need to know the peace that is his presence? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is right here with us right now. All the peace that is needed... All the peace that you need is sitting next to you right now. Do you need to know the peace that is the presence of Jesus today? I'm going to pray. So as you're just thinking in your mind, what do I need from Jesus today? Let me pray for you and we'll just ask Jesus to bring it. Jesus, we are excited about meeting with you. We trust in you. You've paid the price. You've been proactive you are powerful and we seek your presence jesus come whatever need there is today in in this group of people that are here in the building people who are watching online people who might watch later this week whatever need it is that we have we bring it to you we trust in you and your faithfulness god we trust 
you, Jesus, to bring peace into our lives. And so we love you, Jesus. We thank you. We pray these things in your wondrous name. Amen. So may you experience his presence, the deep presence of the peace of Christ in this next week, in this next month, this next year. May you lean into everything he has for you as he continues to pour out his peace upon you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. He has written his name in you. You belong to him. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.